You know, there are a lot of dad bad jokes, but, but sadly, a lot of the time, being a dad has become a joke. Much of what we're watching in the world with writing and all the stuff that's going on, if you can trace a lot of that back, you will trace it back to the curse of fatherlessness. And so we've got to elevate fathers, spiritual fathers, biological fathers, spiritual parents. Now, coming to Faith Promise, if you're new, you never know what to expect. So expect the unexpected. Is that right, Promisers? So we're on, the, we're on a track to renew and uh, return to commitment to gather in-person worship. If you missed last week, go back and download it. Go to the app or faithpromise.org. It's free. It is the why of why we gather. And while we did not gather, we watched the world suffer from a disease, and we, we, we watched our country suffer from division. What we have to do in the midst of that is commit to bring the real love to these real problems. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. I need some help. Come on. So, and when we look at all that's going on in the culture and we want to speak into it, one of the things we have to realize is the culture has marginalized the voice of the church. Would y'all agree with that? They don't care what the church says or what we, what we think. We got that. But here's the deal. We cannot let the culture inject fear into us not to step into the issues. So we, got, we, we, we cannot do it. We got to do it. So let's, let's just pray for healing. Come on, for our nation, God. We come together in the strong name of Jesus. Our country is divided 2,500 ways by every group, every thisum, every thatum, every which way. And God, we know that your heart is unity. You shared it throughout the scripture. Jesus, it was the last prayer you prayed and so, God, we pray for a healing. We pray for unity. We pray that you will use the gospel and the church to elevate a message of reconciliation, of forgiveness, of freedom, of justice, and oneness in our land. God, not, not, not we are them, but us, the third option that we're one. So, God, we ask you to do a radical work and bring about revival in the midst of writing is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. well, happy Father's Day. Come on, let's give our, hand, our da dads a hand. Whether you are watching church at home or you are back at one of our campuses, we welcome you. Happy Father's Day. Over the last probably six weeks since Mother's Day, we've been sort of taking a trip through the rooms of our hearts and our homes making room for a designer, the designer who pulls everyone together and holds everything together. This series came out of the book of Colossians on Mother's Day where it says that Jesus is the glue that holds everything together. And so as we sort of wrap up this series, I thought we ought to just take a trip to the man cave. I mean, we've been in a lot of rooms. We need to go to the man cave. Any of you guys got a man cave? Come on, let me see. Anybody got a man cave? Come on, you are missing it if you don't have a man cave. I call mine the upper room or the war room because it's where I meet, intercede. Michelle and I sold our house and we moved to another house that has a barn. And so I'm making my man cave in the barn. It's gonna be incredible. Listen, don't you worry about it. It'll, it'll be heated and cooled. Don't you worry. 
I mean, you know, I, I cannot wait to get it finished. But already, that's already my God spot. I have two God spots in our new home and fired up. So what we should have learned over COVID is that isolation and individualism is not healthy spiritually. And yet, most men try to go it on their own, and they try to lead their families to do the same thing. It simply shouldn't be this way. Does this make sense? Whether you're a Christ follower or you're just clicking through links online, maybe you're searching for answers, how to make, how to make sense of this world right now. What we have to recognize is the influence of a father and recognize the influence where there is no father. Y'all with me? Because, man, it's the last closing verse of the Old Testament. I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, lest if they don't, I will come and spite the land with a curse. So let's take a look at one spiritual dad passing off the baton to a spiritual son in, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. Now when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So the question is this, spiritual mentors and fathers, what are you passing on to the next generation, to your kids, your spiritual kids, what are you passing on? So this is not just about a dad to a biological. It's really to all of us, but it is spiritual mentors, spiritual fathers, group leaders, coaches, teachers, leaders of kids groups or student groups, uncles, man, I mean, whatever it is, what are, whatever role you play, if it's in mentoring, what are you passing on to your spiritual kids? Do y'all think this matters? And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this back around because, see, we all have spiritual fathers. In Romans chapter four, uh, 4, verse 12, and the father of circumcision to those who are not only of the circumcision but who also follow in the steps of faith. Are we following in the steps of faith? We then are spiritual children of Abraham in the, in the steps of the faith for our father Abraham, which while he was uncircumcised, he was still walking by faith. Now, here's just a fact of life. We are all learning from a building on the legacy that was left to us. Now, here's, here's, here's some legacies are good, godly. Some legacies are wrong and worldly. Does that make sense? But we're all. So men of God, everybody, but men of God, let's build on relationships, first with God, with our family, with each other. Let's build multi-generational relationships so that we will do like Elijah, passing the baton to Elisha. And let's be, listen, let's go for it. Don't you love what Elisha said? Oh yeah, dad. Yeah, I got a request. I won't double what you got. Would you call that bold? That's audacious, man. I want what you have. Now, let me just make a statement. I am where I am. A glory to God. But on the earthly side, I am where I am because of spiritual fathers who poured into me over 38 years. Sermons I listened to from pastors I knew and from those that I didn't. 
Books I read from authors I knew and some dead and gone hundreds, even thousands of years like Abraham mentors. Men laying hands on me and praying for me. The impartation of gifts that flowed to me. Passing on the gospel and the word of God to the next generation. Guiding, directing, correcting. Come on. Our theme verse is Acts 2.42. And they were wholly devoted. They were all in for the apostles' teaching, fellowship, and breaking of bread and of prayer. Who's all in for some of that? Anybody all in? Come on. Who's all in? And as a result, the last verse in that paragraph said, and praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord was adding to the number daily those that were being saved. And so that's what God wants for us. And so men of God in my life have marked me. This church is a testimony to the faithfulness of some incredible men that have poured in to my life. And, that it's, and, and that's why two of our values are we serve others and we elevate those around us because we are always in the process of building and passing on the baton. Now, these men, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some spiritual, I'm just gonna show you some guys important to my life and the, the key things that they taught me because it's really for all of us. But, but let me tell you what, what we've gotta reach into our calling. The number one calling for every one of us, number one, absolutely biblical, no argument. The number one calling is that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and body. Would y'all agree with that? That's what Jesus said. Now, here's the deal. If you love the Lord your God with everything you are, all the other callings become easy because you love God. You want to please God, and so God's called you to be a soul winner. Yes, yes, Father. God's called you to get in the Word. God's called you to be holy. He's called, but once we answer the first and I ask calling, all the other ones wrong. And so it's incredible me. It's a calling for all of us. So the first spiritual father I want to introduce you to is John Yarborough. John was my first pastor. When I walked down the aisle at East Lake Baptist Church at 22, John Afro just left the hospital from a drug overdose and walked down the aisle at that church. And man, John immediately grabbed me and pulled me under his wing. Two things that he taught me that I will never forget as long as I live, and that is this. The word of God is inerrant, and so lost people matter more. He said, Chris, you gotta win lost people. Give your life to make, give your life. That's where it came from. And so sermon after sermon, he took me on Tuesday night soul winning, and he taught me how to share my faith. But what he did is he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And spiritual parents, that's what we have to be we have to be the spiritual eyes to see into what God is gifting, where God is calling, what God is doing. Does this make sense? And we speak that into their life. Romans says, speak to those things or not as though they are. And so he took me under his wing and he added incredible value to my life and I will always be indebted to him. The next guy I want to introduce to is Chris Hodges. Chris is the senior pastor, the founder of Church of the Highlands in Birmingham. They're the second largest church in America. And I worked my way into his inner circle because he had some things I wanted and I worked my way in. And now today, he's my pastor. I can call him anytime. He'll call me. Man, I love this guy. And he's taught me a lot. There are a lot of things that we do at Faith Promise because of his tutelage and guidance of me. But one of the things he taught me that I will never forget is this, Chris, 
Your vision can never outdistance your leadership. Develop people. Your vision can be to see 50,000 in, in the next quarter decade. You're, you can have all these visions to open up 20 new campuses, but your vision will never outdistance your leadership. Chris, develop people, create systems and structures and supports to assimilate the miracles that God is doing because these systems are how are markers on the interstate. We can go farther, faster. And so I, and so I learned and kept growing. The next gentleman that many of you may not have known is Larry Stockstill. Larry was the pastor of Bethany World Prayer Center. He did part of our staff retreat last year. He's coming back this year. And uh, an incredible man of God was one of the one of the first guys leading in the cell or the small group ministry in America. But this guy was a prayer, is a prayer warrior. And this is what Brother Larry taught me. Prayer is a difference between the best I can do and the best God can do. See, my best that I can do is God's floor. My ceiling is God's floor. I will do exceedingly abundantly that's why I spend more time in prayer than I do preparing a sermon. That I spend more time interceding for you than I do anything else for you. It is critical. It's critical because prayer moves the heart of God. Y'all believe that? And so, man, it's just absolutely essential. Next, my friend, mentor, you all know, Dr. John C. Maxwell. Of all these guys, John has poured to me the longest, probably 30 years, 33, 34 years. I've been walking with John. I spent a couple weeks a year with John. I travel with him and go do stuff. And what John, one of the things he taught me is Chris, believe the best about everyone. Put a 10 on their forehead. I don't care if they're a two and treat them like they're a 10. And help people become what they can become, not what they are. Grace and truth invites freedom and the truth will set you free. He said, Chris, Truth without grace is mean, and grace without truth is meaningless, but grace and truth are medicine. Y'all with me? So of all of, the, of these spiritual mentors, this next one is the one that I, that, I'm, that I know the least. We've taught together, you know, been around, hung out a little bit, but Craig Rochelle pastors the largest church in America run over there, a little over 100,000 every weekend, pre-COVID. I don't know what they're running now. But, and, and something he said years ago that just challenged me to the core of who I am. And this is for everybody. All right, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. If the size of your dream isn't intimidating to you, then it's insulting to God. Man, that rock. If the size of your dream is not intimidating to you, then it's insulting to God. Do you have a dream that only God can fulfill? Come on, somebody. Man, alive, when, we, when, when God gave birth to this church, there were dreams that only God could do when we're watching them unfold. And let me give you one more. I love all these men, but I guess if I could have a favorite, it'd be Coach Tom Mullins, founder of Christ Fellowship, incredible man of God. Love this guy, travel with him. We do John Maxwell seminars together and, and leadership training around the world. And, and he calls me almost every week, son, how are you doing? I'm just checking on you. But, but I was in a gathering about 25 pastors and we were praying 
And coach walked over and knelt down and whispered in my ear something I'd never heard in my whole life. Never heard, never heard. And it's one of the most meaningful moments of my Christian faith. He knelt down and he said, son, I'm proud of you. And I love you. Kissed me on the cheek and I just melted in the floor in a puddle of tears. Because if we could all be honest with ourselves, we want the blessing of a father. In Old Testament, they gave it. They put their hand under their thigh. Abraham did it to Isaac. Isaac did it to Jacob. Jacob did it to his sons. Joseph and then his grandsons, Ephraim and Manasseh. It flowed all the way. We want the, we want the blessing of a father. And as I've watched him all over the world, I've watched, I've watched him, and this is what he taught me, Chris, always add value to people or any situation you're in because everybody matters to God. Everybody matters to God. He said, Chris, love them. And I'm telling you, Jesus is my model. Jesus is my master. But if there's an earthly model that I want to follow, it's Coach Mullins. Because all over the world, that guy's loved. He's a bold proclaimer of the gospel. He's incredible. He's a big, burly guy. was a football coach. Incredible. So God, I pray that in the next few minutes, you'll open our eyes. Because I want to talk to you a little bit about what dads wear. Exodus chapter 28, taking a piece of the garment from the priests, uh, it, the breastplate. It's called the breastplate of judgment or the breastplate of decisions. In verse 15, Exodus 28, you shall make a breastplate of judgment, the work of a skillful workman like the work of an ephod. You shall make it of gold, blue and purple, scarlet material and fine twisted linen, you shall make it. It shall be a square and folded double, a span of length. It basically was about this big and it had a rope between and it covered the heart from the front and the rear. And the names of all the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes were inscribed on it. Verse 28, and Aaron, the high priest, carried the names of the sons of Israel in the breastplate of judgment or decision over his heart when he enters the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. The sons of Israel over his heart. This is the deal. That's what I want you to, I, just want, I don't have much time, but I want, I, want, I want you to see this. See, you, you, you have had your name born on the heart of some people. And they wrote on your heart, just like the names of Israel were written on the breastplate of judgment or decision on the front and the back of the priest and they entered to God to intercede for these people. Now, the fact is that some of us have had some incredible names written on us, and some of us have had some horrific names written over us. But I wanna tell you some good news, God can remove the bad names. I had a friend, his name is Billy, Billy Hornsby, incredible missionary, incredible, incredible missiologist, and, he really co-founded ARC, uh, the Association of Related Churches. It's one of the best church planning networks in America. And Billy was in about sixth grade or seventh, I don't remember which, when he told the story. And the teacher called on him in math class, Billy, and she wrote a, she wrote a math problem on the board. She said, Billy, I want you to come up and answer the problem. So Billy got out of his seat. As he walked to the board, he solved the problem in his head. He walked over to the board and drew and wrote the answer, 
and turned back. And then she said, now, Billy, that's wrong. He said, no, ma'am, if you'll just go ahead and do that work, you'll see I'm right. Now, he disrespected the teacher. But she said, Billy Hornsby, you'll never learn. You'll never amount to anything. She took an iron stylus and wrote it in his heart. And he believed her words that he was stupid and he would never amount to anything. He got his girlfriend pregnant when he was a teenager. Sang in honky-tonk, great musician, played in, you know, honky-tonks down in South Louisiana. And he went to, he went to try to get a job because somebody in South Louisiana works in what we call the oil patch. They work for Exxon or all those big oil companies and those rigs offshore. And, and so he got there and he didn't realize he had to take a test. So he takes a test. HR calls him back the next day and said, uh, Mr. Hornsby, we'd like you to come back in. We want to talk to you about the test. He said, just tell me on the phone I failed it. I got it. I can't learn. She said, no, 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 Mr. Hornsby. Please come in tomorrow. He said, I'll be there at 2 o'clock. He rolls in. The lady sits down and said, Mr. Hornsby, we have had tens of thousands of people over the years take this test. You scored the highest that anyone has ever taken this test in the history of this corporation. You are brilliant. We want to offer you a job. And what happened in that moment? Listen to me. God took the iron stylus and wrote out loser, marked out stupid, marked out you'll never amount to anything. And that guy got saved. That guy began to shake the world. He was a missionary around the world. And again, he helped build Ark with a friend of mine, Greg Strat at Seacoast. And they have planted thousands upon thousands of churches here in America. It, it is incredible. God will change a bad name to a good name. Come on, somebody. Give him some praise. Now, maybe this weekend, you've never met your heavenly father. Maybe your earthly father got in the way. I never, I never had a dad that, you know, my dad left when I was three and stepdads and Jesus was only a cuss word in my house. Screaming, yelling, cussing. But I'm here to tell you, the Heavenly Father wants a relationship. As a matter of fact, right now the court is in session and the adoption papers are laying on the desk of the judge and God wants to adopt you as his. It says in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved for you in heaven. You are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 